0: I remember uh, for myself, uh, where was I? Oh, I was at, so I was at a community group. Um, I just joined a community group, which is awesome, you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, well, at some point you go, like, as a pastor, you go, okay, I'm telling everybody to do something, and I'm not doing it. That's a problem, okay? And I always, when I became a pastor, I was like, I'm never going to be that pastor. And then I'm like, hey, how are you doing in your community group? And and then I go home, and I'm like, mm, I should probably be in one. And so... Um, I'm in one, and we had our first. We had our first meetup. I don't know what you call them. Meetup sounds awful, so I'm not going to say that. But anyway, we had our first hangout, whatever you call them. And uh, I don't know. And and we got together, and they wanted to kick it off this conversation, and and us to get to know each other in the room. And the question was, and it was a really good question. I feel like it's a question that. Jesse, Zach's wife, would have asked me. Um, Like, if you guys have met Jessie, she has a way of asking you questions uh, like to understand and know you. And they're questions that are like, they're not like crazy out of left field. It's just like, wow, I've never really wrestled with that, you know? And then you answer it, and it tells you a lot. And then you're stuck going, why do I feel that way? Why are are those my favorite movies? I don't know. Like, you know, and, and so anyway, but they asked... They asked us to um, share um, our story. But this is what was crazy. Share your story from graduating high school, if you graduated, to the first five years of your life. And I I sat there and I went, and then I looked at my wife because I'm like, that was a train wreck. Like that is like the, that's where everything was just at its worst in my life. And I'm like, great, let's just all unpack our stuff, you know, night one, you know? Um, but uh, it's interesting though, because I'd never thought of it as like this five year window and, and how formative those five years were. And you guys are, for the most part, I believe you're in that five year window that I was sharing my story that we're all going through and sharing what those five years, high school to wherever you arrive at, you know, and and it was just crazy to hear the stories uh, from these different people and all that happened within five years. Guys, five years is not a long time, is it? Like really, when you step back, you go five years. Like five years is not a long time. And yet, as we're all sharing our stories, I mean, we're talking crazy things happening, and even in my own life, just crazy to consider those five years all by themselves, and that's not the point tonight. It's like, let's all talk about our five years, because you're all in it, Um, so I don't need to talk to you about it, but what it kind of brought up in me, because sometimes, you know, you just move on with life, and you you don't go back and continue to evaluate and think about those things, but... I started thinking about it, you know, you know, just how there was so much inside of me that was just twisted and just distorted during those years, and 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 I shared like I shared a little bit, I cheated and shared a little bit before the five years to help them understand why the five years was the way it was, and one of the things that that made my five years even more of a mess, even more of a train wreck, and I'll and I'll say this. Not even so much externally, because I actually achieved a lot in those five years, but I was an absolute mess internally and spiritually. In fact, I was lost, completely lost, at the first part of that five years. Like, didn't even have a relationship with God, didn't want one. Um, and and so, as I was, I was, as I was thinking about, man, why was I so twisted and, and just distorted on the inside in a mess? Um... I, I started going, man, like part of what made it such a mess was how was how there was this mixture of Christianity with it. Like it wasn't just this pure um, I'm just gonna do whatever I want and and whatever that looked like, party, whatever, but there was also this mixture of like my parents were Christians. I knew what the Bible said. They had brought me to church. And so there's these all these like weird dynamics going on internally and a lot of that that I raised uh, was raised in and grew up in it was unhealthy. Like I saw a lot of unhealthy things. Um, a lot of abuses of like the the uh like people with influence, power, whatever church authority, all these things. And and so like and so there was an unhealthy spiritual like mixture within this, and all is it led to is even more just uh wreckage internally. And 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 you know, I I you know the the reality is this, like you can only hide that for so long, you know, and and then it just it. It, you know, it, it makes itself known, right? And, and then th- that internal wreckage became wreckage to the relationship I was in. Uh, that turned into an absolute wreck. And then the friendships, uh, the things I wanted to do, and they just all slowly, I just started destroying all of those things in my uh, life. But, but I think about it and I go, man, there was an internal wreckage in my mind and in my heart that was causing me To self-destruct. And and I think that um, when I started to like really um, out of, I would say, just desperation engage in Christianity, one of the things that really stood out and and has always really stood out to me is how Jesus, throughout his ministry, he would share with his disciples that it is better that I go away. He would say stuff like that, and 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 they're kind of if if you like you know, <laughs> you read it and you go, they're totally like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, it's not. You know, like you're the king. Like, no, you know, and and they're confused and all of that. But the thing he says is, it's actually it's better that I go away, because of who's going to come. The Holy Spirit is going to come. And. And I think that for some of us, maybe we've read that, maybe we've read parts of that, and we go, well, why, why is that um, greater than Jesus being here physically? And 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 what you know, what we read is how the Holy Spirit would actually indwell all of us, who would place our faith and our hope and trust in Jesus. So that no longer would it be, if Jesus isn't in the room, we don't get to hear from Jesus. But now all of a sudden, there's literally part of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, now inside of me. And it's not this like, oh, I hope I catch the service, and then he speaks. It's like, no, Jesus is describing there is an all-the-time thing that is transformative. And it is better that I go, because there is a transformation that is needed inside of you that the Holy Spirit is going to deliver on. And, and so there's not just even, like, like there's, there's literally, when you, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, different, uh, four different accounts of Jesus' life, you, you actually pick up on an eagerness for Jesus to get back with his father. There's like an eagerness. And the eagerness is not just because he's like, oh, I miss daddy. Like, no, that's, that's not the only reason. The eagerness is because he knows what he's going to do is also going to be the greatest thing for us. You know, like, so I brought this up Sunday. Like when, you know, like Jesus did not just go to the cross like, like, because he had to. He literally did it because he loved his father so much and he loved you and I so much, right? And so everything he's doing, doing on earth is through those two lenses. He is declaring the goodness, the greatness of God and how he honors him and follows him uh, because of his love for the Father. But then secondly, he continues to meet humanity where we're at. And he, and, and he literally, with the sole purpose of creating a way back to the Father for us, he goes to the cross and Um, and, and it's all it's all and then he leaves right but but even in him leaving to the father it is he's thinking of us he's literally like no it's it's better for you that I go that's how much I love you right and and I think it's so hard for us to like understand that isn't it because I know that for my kids if I say it's better that I go like tonight kids I love you but it is better that I go Like, they're like, I hate you. You're always gone, right? Like, they're they're not like, you know what I mean? They're not like, okay, go, dad, go. Yeah, ooh. Like, no. And I think that in us, whenever someone has left us, we never look at that as a positive, do we? Like, ever. Like, Like, in fact, probably no one has ever said to you, it's better that I go. And if it was, it was a jerk who was breaking up with you who's a jerk, right? And like, it's better that I go so that you, like, I'm holding you back. It's like, okay, jerk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I've already done my time. I've repented of that conversation personally, but like, that's just a jerk. All right. Um, and so that's the message. So with the message throughout the New Testament comes this expectation with Christianity that says over and over as Jesus is talking to people and he's speaking in language that to them is absolutely foreign, right? Like, like there's this high Pharisee named Nicodemus and he says, hey, you need to be born again. And he's like, he literally says, how can one be born again, right? Like this, this, it doesn't make sense, okay? And so we see words of born again. We see a new life, a, a, a new purpose, a, a new name, a new family, all of these things are, if we're reading the New Testament, they are expectations of Christianity that you and I should have. And, and so what we see there is a promise of transformation that is both internal and external. So what does that mean for me internally? Internally. What does that look like? What, what is this transformation? How? What are the characteristics of the work that God wants to do in me? Because when we, we're talking about internal transformation tonight, it's the work that God wants to do in me. Um, and, and so let's, let's just look. Let's look at some scripture. And guys, I wish the scripture was all just so aligned in a beautiful, wonderful spreadsheet and chart and everything, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing like popcorn verses, which I hate, but I'm doing it, okay? Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, this is what it says. Um, This is what Paul says. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? And this is incredible. That Jesus Christ is in you? So he says, examine yourselves. Examine. Look internally to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Test yourselves. Like, don't just, like, give yourself a little, like, litmus test. Like, yeah, I think I'm following Jesus. Like, no, examine it. Test yourself. And then, like, and then there's, like, a word of encouragement in there, isn't there? Or do you not realize this about yourselves? In other words, like, pick yourself up. That Jesus Christ is in you. And then in Galatians 2.20, we read, I have been crucified with Christ then he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so what do we see here? What's part of this message, this internal transformation? The very first thing is this: if you are going to go all in with Jesus, and if you are going to say, I invite you into my heart, to, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I choose, I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. From this moment on, I'm gonna follow you. I'm going to live for you. Christ is in you after that. Remember the name that we call ourselves, Christian, Christin, right? And so the invitation begins with acknowledging a need for an internal transformation that only Jesus can bring. The internal transformation has Christ at the center of it because it's placing him at the center of your life. Uh, Jesus, throughout his ministry, he focused on the heart over and over again. He made it unavoidable to the people who were the most qualified, the most religious, the most moral. Over and over again, he's exposing the conditions of their heart. And and he, and he what I love about Jesus is, is this. Uh, you know, a lot of people are very quick to point out your flaws, your mistakes, your failures, what you should have done and you didn't do, right? Like, that's easy. I mean, I'm a pastor. It happens to me All the time, weekly, right? Should have done this, should have said that. You didn't. I don't like you. All these things, you know? But what I love about Jesus here is he didn't only expose the conditions of people's hearts, but he also offered to be the solution. Isn't that awesome? Like so, you know, and and I feel like some of you need to hear that because I think that sometimes the message is only, oh, he just lets you know how bad you are and how, you know, uh, how wrong you are and how like how 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 far you are from him. Right. But but the reality is, is Jesus uh, reveals your need internally and then he offers to be the very solution to the need that he's revealed in you. So, so what he does is he speaks to our hearts, our minds, the intents, the desires, the wills that, 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 that drive us forward, the very things that um, most people don't know, the very things that in, in that five-year window for my life were an absolute train wreck. And Jesus, when, when I first surrendered to him on that beach, Cannon Beach, and I'm there with my Bible smoking, and I was a mess, and, and I'm there to, crying out to him and, and he's meeting me there. What's amazing is in the exact same moment, he's ex, he's exposing my need for him, but he's also in that same moment saying, Steve, I'm the solution. I want to be your solution. Right? And, and what's what's so powerful about it, you guys, is like uh, in a way that only he can, he brings like clarity to my need. Right? Like, like I feel like uh, we're, we're very aware that things aren't right. But then all of a sudden, Jesus just uses almost like, I don't know, in a way only he can. He, he like lasers into the very root cause of all of this dysfunction, insecurity, the, the mess that I find myself in mentally, emotionally, and all these things. And, and so he hits it, and it's there. And I'm just like, it's like you're just standing there before him going, I don't even know what to do. And then he says, I'm your solution. I'm also your solution. I'm not bringing that up to shame you, to discard you, to say, yeah, I was right, you're wrong. I'm helping you to see that you internally have a need and I'm that solution. I'm the answer. So for me, when I met Jesus on that beach, it was him revealing, but then him just absolutely embracing me and the mess that I was. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm amazed at how I, s- I saw both those things at work. And, and, I, and I think when, when you see the dysfunction and the things in your life, you guys, um, so often I meet people like you who allow that to pull them away from community, pull them away from Christianity, pull them away from Jesus. And you've missed the whole point. You've missed the reality that when Jesus brings something up there internally, he is also offering to be the solution. He's never leaving you out to dry in that, right? Like, like everything he does inside of you that's transformational, it's always crying out, "Come back to me or you you don't have me <laughs> right and And so he's always at work in that and and so um, I, I I just look at at the very foundation of receiving it is, is my Lord and Savior is is an invite um, to where I'm saying. Uh, God, I invite you in and not only do I invite you in I'm also saying God, have your way in me right so so at the very core of Christianity is for me to declare I want you to be my, to be my Lord and Savior and now i' I'm, I'm, I'm essentially saying, now do with me internally what you need to do right Do with me what you need to do okay um, and and he states that he's going to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In Romans 8.10, it says, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Okay, there's a contrast. There's always a contrast, right, uh, between uh, my own internal stuff and then what the spirit of God wants to do with that, right? There's a transformational piece, always. Uh, Philippians 2.13, it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Okay, so uh, the transformation that takes place, you guys, I, I, I think one of the things that we have to hear tonight is it isn't coming from my ability to to achieve or conquer something. It's it's coming from my surrender. It's coming from letting go. It's coming from letting God be Lord over my thoughts, my heart, my intent, my will. And, um, you know, I I don't know about you, but for me, I've always had this strong drive to to deliver the outcomes I've wanted. And and I kind of, you know, what really uh, caused me to spiral is the belief that I can fix me. So, I it's it's interesting how you know um, Satan uses thoughts that you think are actually good, and it's actually thoughts that are entangling you and and literally um, handcuffing you into a pattern that is self destruction. And and part of that is this belief that I believe the enemy plants in our minds that you can overcome this. That you can beat this, that you just need to try harder, that that you know they did it, you can do it, right and, and and so the enemy uses all of these tools within us, and guys, what's crazy is these are not external things for the most part, are they? Like all of these things are conversations going on in here. you're not like verbally processing that. <laughs> Like it's literally in your mind and you're sitting there abusing yourself like by the words you tell yourself that you need to get up. You need to be stronger. You need to figure this out. Why can't you stop being depressed? Why can't you stop being angry? Why can't you stop feeling this need to be loved? Why can't you stop feeling like you're not uh, sufficient enough? Why can't you do that? You need, to, you need to try harder. What's wrong with you, Steve? Like, like everyone else figured it out. What's wrong with you? And, and those are the mes- that's the messaging. Those are the words that the enemy just continues to lay at you. And, and here's the thing. If you are somebody that's driven... You thrive on those words, don't you? You hold on to them, and you actually use them to abuse yourself into a pattern that leads to self-destruction. And that's where I was at. And and why does it lead to self-destruction? Why do we know that? Because internal transformation without the work of Jesus is impossible. It's impossible. Why? Well, scripture tells me why. I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. (laughs) The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So my heart is going to lie to me it's going to send me mixed messages. It's desperately sick. It's affected by sin. And then lastly, why do I pretend like I understand it? Who can understand it, right? I mean, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's literally like, <laughs> you can't fix you. Like, you can't fix it right? Like, like scripture is trying to say, stop, stop it. Like you can't fix you. You can't fix what is wrong with you inside. Like, like, uh, you can't even understand what's broken or why it's broken. Um, it like, like, you know, your insecurities, your performance-based worth, uh, the need for, I just want to be loved. I want to be acknowledged. And so we learn how to medicate, uh, how to band-aid those things, uh, how to get just enough of nature or enough of yoga or enough of these experiences uh, or workouts to make me feel like, no, I'm level enough. Or we even engage in these different spiritual exercises to find this like transcendent spiritual experience. And maybe you're even here because of that. You're wanting that kind of spiritual just experience to get you through, to bring clarity to a confusing or broken time in your uh, life. And you guys, um, none of that will lead to real transformation. Romans 12.2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be, it says, transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I have this opportunity that I can allow the Lord to work. I can give him control of my mind and my heart and, and I can actually take him at his word. I can step back and I can ask him to rewire, to reshape my mind so that transformation that he's driving, that he's leading can occur. And you guys, there are transformation promises attached all throughout scripture. Okay? I mean Philippians 1:6 says and I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3:18 it says and we all with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being it says transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Wow. Those are awesome verses. Okay? Uh, So so there's two huge promises that in in those two verses that I just uh, read to us. And the first is this. What he's started in you, he will finish. Now, I want to add a little caveat to that. Um, Because I know there's certain people that are living a life... Uh, that is contradictory to what God wants for them. And they're like, oh, he's faithful. What he started to me, he's going to complete it. And I'm like, yee, you are wrecking that. You know, like that's not a promise like, hey, just keep sinning and I'm just going to like bring this beautiful story together. Like you want to choose to do your own thing apart from him, against him. I promise you this, it's wreckage. It's wreckage. It just is. Right, and so if if you're gonna quote that verse, what you need to make sure you are understanding is that uh, yes, he will bring it to completion if you allow him to. Right? If if you um, if, if if you and that sounds kind of bad because it's almost like you have to give him permission, and if you don't do it, he won't do it. But like, what I really mean by that, you guys, is. Um, He gives us the ability to make choices, doesn't he? And within that um, is the opportunity to make choices that help bring about God's perfect plan for my life, that he invites me into. But along those same lines are choices that I can make that are going to be in opposition to that. And so when we talk about it, he'll bring it to completion, it's, it's through uh, me making a choice that I am going to surrender and be obedient and walk with him. And, and guess what? If I'm in that posture, he's, he's going to come through. He just will with a story that only he could tell. The second promise there is he it says he's transforming me into the very image of the glory of the Lord. That's pretty amazing, guys. So, so the, the transformation is going to be felt in, in my desires, in my motivations, in my contentment. It's going to be felt in all of these things, these things that are inside of us, uh, and, and, and they're constantly stirring, they're messing with us. And and literally, we see that he's going to bring uh, those thoughts, those intents, those motivations, he's going to bring them under the lordship of God and cause them to mirror the heart and the glory of God. He's going to take my thoughts, my... my uh, my mind. He's gonna take the intents of my heart, and and as I, I surrender them to the Lordship of God, he is going to cause them to mirror the very heart and glory of God. That's what he's gonna do. That's the transformation that he wants to do in my, my thoughts, my, my mind, my my heart. Um, and, and I just think that is so incredible, right? That is transformation from the inside. Out. and so this this internal transformation that that he promises to do through the power of the spirit it it gives us incredible confidence right like like when when man there is a confidence that you have when you are right with god there just is like uh and and you know first john 4 4 it says um, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world when i am walking with god that verse is constant right it's constant When I'm feeling my thoughts are being bombarded with something that is against God's will, when there's an image maybe that that the enemy's trying to get me to engage in, to think about, to look at, right? Um, I can remember that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, right? When when, when something is happening and I'm tempted to believe a thought, believe a word, uh, believe a voice that is contradictory to who God is, I can sit there and go, whoa, hold on a second. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, right? Um, And I have the very power of God inside of me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Sin, evil, destruction, all of it has to bow down to him. And so when it comes to uh, this transformation, I I continue to go down to... um, this reality that I have to guard myself from wanting to continue to take control. And guys, I think that when it comes to um, our struggle here with, with allowing God to transform your, your heart and your mind is I, I think that we continue to take back control. Like, like we'll, we'll, we'll be good for a season, good for a moment, and then we start to go, oh, I can fix me. And then we start going down the path again. Or I know what's best for me. Or I start to entertain a thought that I wasn't entertaining. I start to listen to my heart again when I know what it says about my heart. And you guys, um, if we are going to allow um, that that transformation to take place in our life, it is going to come from this daily decision to surrender and to just say, God, you take control of my heart, my mind, my motives. God, I know that what's in me is my flesh. It's affected by the fall. I know that. I know that there are there's a continual um, stream of negative messaging and images that are flooding me daily. And God, I, left to myself, I'm gonna believe those voices, I'm gonna fall into the trap of those images, and I'm gonna start down this self-destructive path. And my friends aren't gonna see it, my family's not gonna see it, but it's gonna be internal, and it is gonna be messy. And God, because I say I'm a Christian, I know that it's gonna be even more... Uh, just messy because because there's going to be a spiritual component here that's also not right. And if I'm not right with you, I'm not right at all. And so I have to make a decision to just go, God, I lay all of that at your feet. And I just pray that today you would be at work in my mind and my heart and my motives and what's, what's not of you. I pray that you'd bring it to the surface, that I would see it and that I would give it back to you because you say in your word to take these things, Thoughts that are in opposition to who you are, to your will, to your plans and desires for my life. You say to take those thoughts captive. And so God, today I'm declaring to you, I want those thoughts to be held captive to you so that ultimately what's going on inside of me can mirror and reflect the glory of God. And if I allow that to happen internally, oh my goodness, stay tuned for next week because it will not stay inside of you. It won't. Uh, the greatest work God has done in my life, oh, where I see it, is not internally, you guys. I see it in how I love my wife. I see it in how I am as a dad. I see it in moments when I'm pastoring someone, and God like gives me a heart for them that I didn't even know I had, a, a compassion for them, a desire to pray for them. Um, all these things, those things happen because of a transformation internally. And so you guys, I... I Man, I plead with you to engage with him in this moment. We're gonna sing some songs and ask like, are you are you putting yourself in the way of the transformation that that, that Christianity promises based upon the truth that I am Receiving Jesus into my heart my life as my Lord and Savior. And so it's not a disconnected works-based religion. It is an internal transformational relationship with a perfect and holy God, uh, which is a relationship that was established through Jesus on the cross. And so everything, all of the messaging through the New Testament, from Jesus on, is what is happening inside. And so let's engage in that.